European Hearts Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 37, Issue 34, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Luscher. Aortic Valve Disease 2016, Evaluation for and Outcome of TAVI and Surgery. Transcatheter aortic valve implantation, or TAVI, with an increasing number of valve types, has revolutionized the management of patients with aortic stenosis, particularly of those at high risk for surgery. Since its introduction, the results of TAVI have improved markedly, and today not only patients at high, but also those at intermediate risk are considered for the procedure. Paravalvular leakage is an important complication of TAVI that erodes its clinical benefits and the confidence of its adoption as a default therapy in low surgical risk patients. In his review article, Adjudicating Paravalvular Leaks of Transcatheter Aortic Valves, a Critical Appraisal, Patrick W. Soroys from Imperial College in London, UK, notes that newer TAVI implantation technologies are provided with effective paravalvular sealing as well as retrieval and reposition mechanisms that may lower the risk of paravalvular leakage. On the other hand, timely detection and accurate quantification of paravalvular leakage lag behind those technological advances. The VARC standardized criteria of paravalvular leakage assessment are based on echocardiography and are not adequately validated. Periprocedural diagnosis, based on angiographic, hemodynamic, and or echocardiographic modalities, is so far without standardization of acquisition or interpretation. This review discusses the strengths and limitations of the current technologies used for paravalvular leakage adjudication. Understanding these strengths and limitations is important for the detection and quantitation of paravalvular leakages, both in clinical trials and in routine clinical practice. Another important issue is low gradient aortic stenosis, which is the subject of a second clinical review by Philippe Pibarot and colleagues from the Quebec Heart and Lung Institute, Laval University in Canada. The authors remind us that an important portion of patients with aortic stenosis have low gradient aortic stenosis, i.e. a small aortic valve area below 1.0 cm squared, consistent with severe aortic stenosis, but a low mean transvalvular gradient between 40 mm of mercury, normally consistent with non-severe aortic stenosis. The management of this subset of patients is particularly challenging, especially with echocardiography, because the discrepancy between the aortic valve area and the transvalvular pressure gradient raises uncertainty about the stenosis severity, and thus about the indication for aortic valve replacement, even if the patient has symptoms and or left ventricular systolic dysfunction. The most frequent cause of low gradient aortic stenosis is the presence of a low left ventricular outflow state, which may occur with reduced left ventricular ejection fraction, i.e. classical low flow, low gradient, or preserved left ventricular ejection fraction, i.e. paradoxical low flow, low gradient. Furthermore, a substantial proportion of patients with aortic stenosis may have a normal flow, low gradient aortic stenosis, i.e. a small valve area and low gradient combination, but with a normal flow. One of the most important clinical challenges in these three categories of patients with low gradient aortic stenosis 
is to differentiate a true severe aortic stenosis that will benefit from aortic valve replacement versus a pseudo-severe aortic stenosis that should be managed conservatively. A low-dose dobutamine stress echocardiography may be used for this purpose in patients with classical low-flow, low-gradient aortic stenosis, whereas aortic calcium scoring by MDCT is the preferred modality in those with paradoxical low-flow, low-gradient, or normal-flow, low-gradient aortic stenosis. Although patients with low-flow, low-gradient severe aortic stenosis have worse outcomes than those with high-gradient aortic stenosis following aortic valve replacement, they nonetheless display an important survival benefit from this intervention. Some studies suggest that transcatheter aortic valve replacement may be superior to surgical aortic valve replacement in patients with low-flow, low-gradient aortic stenosis. The mechanisms of aortic stenosis are largely unknown, although inflammation, for instance due to psoriasis, and deposition of iron and proteins may contribute. Aortic stenosis and transthyretin cardiac amyloidosis, for instance, are both frequent in the elderly, but their combination has never been investigated. In a timely EHJ brief communication, aortic stenosis and transthyretin cardiac amyloidosis, the chicken or the egg, Tibor Dami and colleagues from Créteil, France, described 16 such patients with a mean age of 79 years, 81% being men and 60% in NYHA 3-4. Of note, one-third of them had carpal tunnel syndrome and half of them atrial fibrillation. Median NT pro-BNP was 4,382 picograms per milliliter, and 91% had elevated cardiac troponins. 14 of the 16 patients had severe aortic stenosis, of whom 12 had low-gradient aortic stenosis. On echo, interventricular septum thickness was 18 millimeters, left ventricular ejection fraction 50%, and global longitudinal strain minus 7%. Diagnosis of transthyretin cardiac amyloidosis was histologically proven in one-third and was based on strong cardiac uptake of bone tracer at scintigraphy in the rest. Valve replacement was surgical in 63% and via transcatheter in 13%. Mortality was 44% during three years of follow-up. Thus, combination of aortic stenosis and transthyretin cardiac amyloidosis may occur in elderly patients, particularly those with a low-flow, low-gradient aortic stenosis and carries a bad prognosis. Surgical valve replacement remains the treatment of choice in younger and low-risk patients. What type of valve might be optimal in these patients remains controversial, however. While mechanical valves have been successfully used over decades, they do require permanent anticoagulation with a risk of bleeding. On the other hand, while biological prosthesis did not require such medical management, valve failure has been reported more frequently. The issue has been investigated in the paper Aortic Valve Replacement with Mechanical versus Biological Prostheses in Patients Aged 50 to 69 Years by Ulrich Sartipi and colleagues from the Karolinska Institute in Stockholm, Sweden in the large Swedeheart Register.
During a mean follow-up of around 7 years, of the 4,545 patients, 60% had received mechanical valves and 40% bioprostheses. In 1,099 propensity score-matched patient pairs, 16% had died in the mechanical valve group and 20% in the bioprosthetic group. Overall survival was higher in the mechanical than in the bioprosthetic group. 5, 10, and 15-year survival was 92%, 79%, and 59% versus 89%, 75%, and 50%, leading to a hazard ratio of 1.34. There was no difference in stroke. However, the risk for aortic valve reoperation was higher, but major bleeding was markedly lower in patients with bioprostheses than in those with mechanical valves. They conclude that patients aged 50 to 69 years who received mechanical valves had better long-term survival after aortic valve replacement than those with bioprostheses. Although the risk of stroke was similar, patients with bioprostheses had a higher risk of aortic valve reoperation, but a lower risk of major bleeding. The manuscript is accompanied by an excellent editorial, authored by Stuart J. Head, from the Erasmus University Medical Center in Rotterdam, the Netherlands. Many patients with aortic valve pathology suffer from both stenosis and regurgitation. In their manuscript, Mixed Aortic Valve Disease, Midterm Outcome and Predictors of Adverse Events, Alexander Egber and colleagues from the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, USA, determined freedom from adverse events defined as symptoms, aortic valve replacement or death in this population. Only asymptomatic patients with normal ejection fraction and tri-leaflet aortic valves were included. They identified 213 patients with moderate or severe mixed aortic valve disease with a mean age of 69 years with two-thirds of them being male, followed over 10 years. An adverse events endpoint was reached in 172 patients, and 69% of these adverse events occurred in moderate mixed aortic valve disease. A mechanical prosthesis was implanted in about half of the patients, and one-third had concomitant coronary artery bypass grafting and or aorta replacement during aortic valve replacement. Early surgical mortality was 0.7%. Freedom from adverse events was 42% and 30% at 3 and 5 years respectively. Predictors of adverse events were peak aortic velocity with a hazard ratio of 2.73 for every 1 meter per second difference and having severe stenosis or severe regurgitation at presentation, hazard ratio of 2.58. Thus, even moderate mixed aortic valve disease exhibits a high rate of adverse events comparable to severe isolated aortic stenosis and should be followed as such. Patients with severe mixed aortic valve disease should be evaluated at least every six months as half of them will become symptomatic and require aortic valve replacement within one year. The editors hope that this issue of the European Hearts Journal will find the interest of its readers.